Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, how far will one family go to recover a lost parrot? That story and more tonight at 11. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Special guest joining us on the program today. Uh, you probably know his work, if not his face, because he's a writer on a television program called Saturday Night Live. Uh, please welcome to the show, Mr. Ryan Perez. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. I uh, really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, uh, you're, you're, I was surprised to hear that your, your voice has a kind of a more announcer quality I'm, than it does. I'm trying something new for the show. <laughs> I can't do it. I, I won't be able to do this for longer than no that's tough to sustain yeah yeah, exactly i'm just excited Uh, that you do bits (laughs) we don't ask people to come up with cool bits for the show but if you do come up with a great bit bring it out now let's go i mean that wasn't entirely a a planned bit i was i i I really was what i was like a second as soon as the intro started i was like oh what am i gonna how am i gonna should i go lower higher 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 lower (laughs) i didn't know exactly what to do it's hard to tell exactly what to do that's why we've got a segment producer here you talk to the segment (laughs) producer you work out your anecdotes you find the kinks you find the laugh notes and you do what you can um it is a thousand degrees in los angeles today yes it is i am in a terrible mood i've got a headache and just um dehydrated <laughs> i got i got like my hair's falling off my legs i'm just i wow. my teeth are falling out i'm keep, like <laughs> keep listening folks this is gonna get good i'm one of these i feel like i am at this point because we i don't have air conditioning here in my house mm. i feel like at this point i am like one of those people that's crawling through the desert like, that's the physical state that I'm in that I can basically only muster crawling. Sure. Like, there's some, some buzzards hopping alongside you. <laughs> yes, they're hopping. That's hop- how you feel I can't like. even I can't even get them to circle over my head. They're just hopping alongside because they know it won't be they're long. like, well, we're just going to have to <laughs> land in four seconds anyways. <laughs> yeah. Say the buzzards. Ryan, you're wearing flannel. I am wearing flannel, which is actually I didn't intend to wear today, uh, but uh, I was uh, uh, this morning. I wore a nice uh, thin T-shirt, walked outside. <laughs> I'm making a telephone call outside. A bird shit on my, uh, my on myself. Your thin T-shirt on my thin T-shirt. Maybe the third time it's happened in my entire life. Was the T-shirt so thin that you got bird shit on your skin? No, he shit on my head and oh, okay, and, oh, jeez, yeah. And I, I and just such a bummer, such a such a, uh, a drabble moment or something. And uh, <laughs> and so I had to go inside, and then so I went into the into the uh, into the the prop closet. Got this here. You uh, you this. Uh, you sometimes uh, before you worked at Saturday Night Live and currently oh, I guess I, you work uh, at Funny or Die. I should explain. Yeah, I, I do work at Funny or Die, uh, 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 directing periodically, and so uh, I have this. Uh, I went into the prop closet, grabbed this flannel, and so uh, this was not what I intended to wear today, guys. Yeah, flannel plus <laughs> plus corduroy. I see. Uh, yeah, that what I intended to wear. That's just the pants. That was your mistake. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I, I mean, I guess I, I I wanted to say that you'd work at Funny or Die because I didn't want people thinking you were going into the prop closet at SNL and maybe 
people anticipating you were going to end up uh, wearing the ghillie outfit. <laughs> or possibly a cone head. Yeah. Well, I should... This is uh, Garth's flannel. Oh, I should let you know wow. That. This is Garth's flannel. Yeah. Garth's great. Is Garth yeah. one of the cone heads? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great. Well, we've, yeah. we've sorted that out. <laughs> sure. Um, I guess the moral of this story is that I am ill-equipped to deal with what is it's hot outside, but it's not crazy hot. We were last week in uh, on the east coast of the United States. You were talking about temperatures in the hundreds. That's what I hear, Boston. Yeah, in the hundreds. Yeah, we're not looking at that here. We're looking at ninety, eighty nine, ninety one. <laughs> uh, I was in Las Vegas over the weekend, and it was sweltering. Holy mackerel! But you know, you're... but you were wearing the Liberace shit from the Liberace prop closet. Yes, I was. <laughs> After that bird shit on you. I guess, uh, I guess it's going to be fine, though, right? It's cool. Night is falling. We're going to relax, cool out, enjoy a mango Rita. <laughs> or, oh, God, every time, uh, every time I go to the, uh, to the airport, the uh, kind of designated Mexican restaurant in the airport, and this, doesn't, and this doesn't, you know, this isn't like, oh, every El Torito has this. Every just Mexican restaurant in an airport uh, has a big sign provided by... I guess Corona, and uh, it's encouraging you to come in for Ronas and Ritas. <laughs> Coronas and Margaritas. Uh, how, how awful a person do you have to be to refer to it as Ronas, or casually say to your friends, who's up for some Ronas and Ritas? I'm impressed that the Corona people are horning themselves. They're like, well, what do people like at Mexican restaurants? Yeah. Margaritas. How can we get in on that action? And after they failed at making some sort of Corona-based margarita, they just decided to link them inextricably with the unforgettable catchphrase, come on in for Ronas and Ritas. Yeah. Now, is, it, is this sign where it says Ronas and Ritas, is this a, a printed sign or is it just written on a chalkboard, uh, scrolled on a no, chalkboard? No, this is a banner and they all look the same. And I have an iPhone picture of it I can pass around. So oh, maybe okay. it will uh, it'll jar some memories for you. Pass it um, first first to Ryan and then Ryan will pass it to me and then I will pass it to the listener. Oh, you know, my, my phone's out of battery, so that's not going to work. But okay. trust me, we can put it on the – we'll put it in the forum. Great. For this show. We'll but no, this is a forum, printed Ronas banner and, and they are all identical. I've been in – I was in the uh, airport – uh, of State College, Pennsylvania, the other day they had this, and I was also uh, in the Boston airport, and they also had. Well, this, this. is because uh, it strikes me as something that's a, a manufactured. Uh, this is not something people actually say. Let's have Zeronas and Rita. I have not heard it in the wild. Uh, okay. I don't think there's. And I am, and, just, and to be fair, I'm around douchebags a fair amount. <laughs> <laughs> I spend a fair amount of my time around douchebags, and I have not heard anyone casually say Ronas and Rita. I kind of think that maybe Ronas and Rita's would be more something you would hear if you worked on the. Style channel than on fuel. You're saying this is a thing a gay man might say. No, a douchebagette <laughs> might say. Oh, okay. Rona and Rita was a great show in a, on a ABC in, in the seventies. Yeah, Tyne Daly and um, <laughs> Michael McKeon. Michael McKeon. <laughs> Rona and Rita. Rona and Rita. <laughs> Michael McKeon played Rona <laughs> in drag. Yeah. Oh, what a funny pair. Yeah. They worked in that factory. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. So the so yeah, I would actually maybe that's stuff. maybe that's an action item for people. Have you heard Ronas and Ritas in the real world, or is this just a marketing thing that people hope catch on? I don't think there is any marketing thing more offensive than marketing that suggests a f- 
familiar tone, something everyone's been talking about that they just made up out of whole cloth. Like, I don't think there is, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken changes its name to KFC. Fair enough. People call it KFC. But when you get down to Rona's and Rita's, you can't give nicknames to things that don't, that aren't things. You can't skip straight to nicknaming something. Yes, yeah. I saw. I actually saw something along these lines. Uh, uh, on the way over here, I saw a billboard for AMPM, and it's encouraging you to go to a website. I think it's a Facebook slash website, uh, so you can check out uh, the AMPM secret menu. Uh, now, I'm guessing they're kind of trying to capitalize off the idea that like In and Out Burger has a secret menu. Everybody likes to talk about In and Out Burgers. You know, oh, if you say this secret code, you can get extra pickles or if you say this secret code you can get it wrapped in lettuce i think they are under the impression that people like that but i think it's i've not visited this ampm website but i think it's just going to be something like you know instead of filling a cup with soda fill it with nacho cheese you know like oh this is the ampm secret menu well on a hot day like this i can see the appeal (laughs) yeah yeah just a just a big gulp full of nacho cheese if they give you one of those straws with the spoon at the bottom sure yeah, go let, for it. Now, Ryan, you, uh, I, I feel kinship uh, to you for uh, for a number of reasons. One, our uh, our Hispanic heritage. Mm-hmm. That's the main one. Uh, we both both very light skinned Mexicans. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, but you two grew up in Orange County uh, and and now live in L.A. Um, how how are you finding the New York weather? I know that's 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 a huge huge change for someone as, who's never lived anywhere else. Yes, as a Southern California native, it's a little bit it's a little harsh. This was a uh, exceptionally long winter, from what I understand. Mm. Uh, started around November and I think it's still uh, it went clear, still might be going on clear from autumn to spring yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> this year uh, I don't know if it was long or harsh or whatever but people that I talked I was like is this a normal uh, winter and they seem to go I oh, know this is a little bit a little bit longer a little bit a little bit uh, uh, harsher than usual so uh, I don't uh, that was all I dealt with and no one tells you that when you're that that basically that show is just made during the winter. You know, it's like, yeah, it's just made. It's just ma- it's a winter show. That's when it's made, and so uh, uh, yeah, I, I, it was. I just had to deal with the winter, which I never really uh, dealt with, and uh, you know, uh, I, I didn't grow up around snow or anything like that. I think that, in so. the early days, it was because cocaine was seasonal, like a papaya. Yeah, and you needed uh, <laughs> Jim Belushi and Garrett Morris to come to the set. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 real good indoor uh, drug weather, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. And cocaine is an indoor drug. It's not something you're going to do outside in the park. You don't want to take cocaine to the to to Yosemite. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. That big uh, driving through that big redwood is going to freak you out. That's Yellowstone. Where do you drive through the big redwood? The drive through tree. Oh, yeah, the drive through tree. I don't think that's in either Yellowstone. I don't think it's in one of – I think that's in one of the lesser – National parks. National or probably even – maybe even a state or perhaps even a municipal park. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe Santa Inez, California. Okay. This, is just a tree, this is a tree near my house that was hit by lightning. <laughs> yeah. The drive through tree really is – that is pretty great to drive through a tree. I think we can all agree on that. I never, right? I've never been to the drive-through tree. That's in. Uh, I'm sorry. Are you from the state of California, or I, I've never been? I, you know, I've been. Uh, you know, you're I, throwing your life away. You're Perez. from Northern California. Yeah, I'm from San Francisco. Okay, I've been, I've, I've been to, to uh, up in Northern California a handful of times, and have not been to the drive-through, uh, the drive-through tree. 
Beautiful, beautiful country, beautiful tree, really nice hole in the middle of it. Yeah, I'm surprised. I feel like it's just kind of a quintessential, I grew up in California vacation, is everybody piling into the whatever, whatever, and going to drive through this tree. Oldmobile Cutlass Supreme. Sure, it's like, I mean, it's like a five-second ordeal uh, at a very long drive, no matter where where you are. And there's no doubt that the correct noun is ordeal. Sure. This, when you, between the start and the finish... It may take you five seconds, but it feels like a month of continuous nightmares. It's like doing salvia, from what I understand. Uh, what's, what's salvia? Sal- you're not familiar with salvia? No. This, this is a, a cleanse of some kind. No, no. This is a drug people enjoy doing. Mm. Yeah. This is a drug. Actually, last time Andrew W.K. was on The Sound of Young America, uh, he was excited about it. Uh, essentially, uh, from my understanding, I've certainly I've never used salvia. Um, and I, I, I would imagine that you have, Ryan, given your Hispanic heritage. But big time. Every Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> tamales. Grab a big tamales. tamales and salvia. <laughs> um, but salvia, it's like a, it's a drug that you smoke. It's like an herb that mm. you smoke. And the high is very brief. It only lasts a minute or two. Uh, but when you're experiencing, it seems to last hours. And you, it sort of like exposes your... You feel like the most – it's sort of like lo- you lose your sense of self and you uh, feel insignificant in the face of the universe and you sort of like experience that the universe is God in the face of you. And someone else videotapes you and then posts it on YouTube. <laughs> oh, this is part of the drug experience. Yeah, because it's the perfect – it's the YouTube generation's drug because the high only lasts a couple of minutes. Mm, they have short attention spans. And because people totally flip the fuck out. Yeah. Oh man. It was legal for a while. I believe they have they have made it illegal. But for a long time it was le- until like a year or two years ago it was legal just because they hadn't bought they had not yet been made illegal. Okay. So just by def- it just kind of slipped through the uh the cracks of uh legislation. Yeah, I, from all accounts, I have not heard anyone say that it's a it's like a pleasant experience. It's one of these it's one of these drugs I think people do because uh They've just they've done the other drugs. <laughs> and, sure. You know, they go up to the counter and they're like, What you got? Yeah. You know, what's new? Yeah. What came in this week? I don't know. It sounds like a completely unpleasant experience to me. From what I understand about, you know, uh mental health, the uh the experience of being a crazy person mm-hmm. and something like what you're describing are basically the same. Right. And therefore, so you're saying, I, I would like to be crazy for a minute. I would like to think like a crazy person for a minute, which to me just sounds unpleasant. It doesn't sound... This is right. sort of like, I think it's like a, I think it's sort of in, in a way the star fruit of drugs in that it's something that you get from your grocer and he says to you, hey, guess what we've got? Why don't you give it a try? Yeah. The salvia is something sure. where... <laughs> then this is a scenario where we go into the grocery store and have a conversation with someone who works there. Yeah. Well, the grocer. The green grocer. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, from the Channel 5 News. I do. I do know this. <laughs> he tells you what fruits are in season. Well, you were just trying to relate to Ryan, who as a New Yorker now, just strolls down the street and picks up something from Giuseppe's apple cart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is yeah. that something? Yeah, something oh, it's you all guys cart do, shop. right? I do all the cart shopping. Sure. Um, I only eat it. Car- I only. I don't. I made a rule for myself. I said as soon as I land, uh, as soon as I land there, I'm not going to eat anything that's not on wheels. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. 
You've had to put a lot of... You've had to carry wheels with you now yeah. to put it... Because very few foodstuffs are actually on wheels. If I go in a restaurant, I say, uh, let's, put, let's get these wheels under this table before I, I eat it. We're always, we're always going to be in motion. Sure. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like when you invite a vegan over to dinner, it's kind of a pain in the butt. You're yeah. like, is there some place I can put these wheels? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, uh, God, speaking of vegans, they are a pain in the butt. Sure. They seem like nice folks. Vegans. Right? They'll usually bring something of their own if they're having dinner at your house, right? Has that your, been your experience with vegans? No. Okay. <laughs> You're saying pain in the butt. Yeah. Okay. So what are you going to cook? Anything that's good that doesn't have meat in it has cheese in it. That's just the <laughs> reality of the situation. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's just the facts. Yeah. Uh, I think, Jesse, you just cemented a, an inbox full of lentil soup recipes <laughs> for yourself there. <laughs> Man, hey. good luck deleting all those. Hey, I, look, lentil soup has ham in it if you're making it right. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate the vegans. You know, I, I, if that's your, uh, the way you want to eat, fine. Just don't try to fool me into thinking that what you're eating is good. T- tastes good. That's and don't, fair. And don't, and don't try to fool yourself. There are a lot yeah. of, there are a lot of <laughs> say, Just say before you take a bite of your temp or whatever, well, time to eat my shitty food. You have to say that out loud. Yeah. Be willing to suffer. Take the responsibility for the suffering you're inflicting upon yourself, and don't 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 lie about it. There's That's a lot to admire in a vegetarian or vegan. It yeah, sure. Dramatically reduces their carbon footprint, for example. Yeah, for people who are concerned about their carbon footprint, uh, and it dramatically it, it decreases their uh, intake of things that taste good. Yeah, <laughs> tasty things. Yeah, That's not true. Fresh fruits and vegetables. A star fruit. The salvia plant. <laughs> salvia sure. divinorum. Whippets. <laughs> That's another thing. I had these... Uh, I had what, these... If, what if you invited a vegan over to your house for a big dinner and you said, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, we're serving tri-tip. And he's like, don't worry. I'll, I, I'll I brought a something. bag full of whippets. I these whippets. <laughs> I had these college roommates who uh, were super into whippets. And I could. it seems like such an ordeal to and it's one of the like you described salvia when you started describing like oh the high only lasts a couple of minutes uh you described the intensity but whippets to me which is getting high off the co2 that people use for like whipped cream cans yeah uh it's brief and uh and it's brief and slight but it has this massive brain killing potential anyways uh so yeah monstrous brain yeah i can never wrap my brain around what I what once, the benefit of whippets are like versus pot. I once saw a performance at the uh, New York Sketch Fest. Uh, the New York Sketch Fest, we went and did the Santa Young America there. And uh, they have this sort of after the festival midnight show where each group is supposed to perform one thing that was just too crazy to put in their show or too nutty to put in their mm. show. And um, I saw a, a duo whose names I will leave out of this. Uh, perform a sketch, and I'm using sketch in the absolute loosest terms possible, which was the two of them having This was a- Jeff Dunham and Blackie, right? <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, these are, this is the two performers? Yeah, Blackie the Lazy Black. That's what <laughs> What's Jeff Dunham's actual what black puppet's name? New puppets. Uh, I don't know what it is, but Blackie's not far off. Pimpsworth Gold Teeth or something like that. <laughs> sure. Um, he, these two, these two people, a gentleman and a lady, their sketch was them having a contest to see who could do the most whippets on stage in a row. Mm. And it actually, I have to admit, was pretty amusing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, sure. (laughs) Because they were a mess. 
They were falling all over everywhere. Did you get, get real dizzy? And uh, that's why. Right? They, they got dizzy and crazy, and they were falling over. Was and... there a premise to the sketch beyond like we're going to do whippets now? Was there were there was there a narrative there... and characters? I think there was a countdown. Okay. Like three, two, one, whippets. All right. Um, they were both compelling performers, certainly. Sure. You know they they they're they're very successful performers. God bless them. Blackie's great. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, I have. I have a. I Finally, have a... someone satirizing African Americans' laziness and enthusiasm for gold teeth. Sure. <laughs> no sacred cows with Dunham. We talked about Jeff Dunham maybe a little too much on the show lately. Do you think so? Yeah, I think the fact that we've talked about Jeff Dunham at all. Sure. Did you know he collects? <laughs> he's, he's in the zeitgeist, though. Yes. No, he's, he's, if by zeitgeist you mean the mirage at Vegas. <laughs> that's what I mean. He's in the zeitgeist room at the mirage. <laughs> <laughs> zeitgeist cocktail lounge. Uh, he collects, uh, he collects <laughs> ventriloquist dolls. I just like from history. Oh wow! So he's oh, ca- uh, he's like a like he's got like King Tat's ventriloquist doll or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he, rep- he repairs them in his shop. It's what it's what he does when he wants to get away from it all. And by it all, I mean his money. <laughs> sure, he's an archivist. Sorry, I didn't sorts. mean to derail you there, Jordan. Oh God, I totally forget what I was. Oh, uh, whippets. Yeah, Las Vegas. What was I talking you had a whip- about? I think you had something on whippets. <sighs> oh yeah, I have a uh, I have a sketch group uh, here in L.A. and I kind of had the idea for a uh, sketch on the. Yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of manufactured slogans uh i i had an idea for a sketch on the bros icing bros phenomenon and kind of had the idea that the bro being iced in the sketch would actually have to do it uh i'm wondering a has the ship sailed on this is it time to just stop talking about this altogether and b is it a good idea to drink several smirnoff ices on stage in a you know span of five minutes I mean, if you do it last in the show, I don't see it. Yeah. The, the, the phenomenon – now, I'm, I'm uh, uh, paranoid. Uh, I believe that this is a 100 uh, percent corporate-conceived uh, uh, phenomenon. Sure. But other people have told me, no, 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 it's not. Uh, it, it, it didn't happen. Um, or it, uh, rather, the um, uh, people it's, just came oh, up with ra- this on this, their own. This, yeah, yeah, this came about organically. Exactly. I don't think the ship has sailed. Okay, you think maybe still, 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 still available to be poked fun at? Now, for yeah. those who don't know, Bros Icing oh, sure. Bros is something created by Smirnoff <laughs> Ice, where uh, two gentlemen with frosted tips will cup each other's balls <laughs> and tickle them. Sure, yeah. a and then later and yell Smirnoff Ice. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to I forgot to explain it for the people who might not be internet savvy. That's what you exclaim upon ejaculation. <laughs> sure, smeared off ice. So yeah, I want to do this on stage. That's called icing your bro. Sure, you you when you ejaculate upon. It's like your bro. icing a cake. You <laughs> right. You ice a bro with your ejaculate. I don't think you can. I think that this uh, number one. I'm I I don't support it because I'm I like Ryan Perez believe that it's almost certainly uh, corporate mind control. Um, I believe that whoever, you know, even if it wasn't someone who was directly working for Smirnoff who created this, they were probably a sleeper agent, which I think is what we <laughs> determined this. What so this is a Chuck is, 2.0 situation. <laughs> yeah, this is someone with a computer chip controlling their mind. Sure. 
Um, and the other problem is it might lead to an onstage disaster of some kind. Yeah, like a barfing. Like a barfing situation. In fact, I actually wanted to, on the subject of onstage disasters, I have a question for you, Jordan. Yes. Which is that I was watching some of your hilarious videos for Fuel TV's The Daily Habit. Sure. Which I do frequently. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I love Jordan's hilarious videos for Fuel TV's The Daily Habit. Watch these videos if you haven't seen Jordan. <laughs> Look, Run to your computer. Habit. If you like laughing, fun, or action, <laughs> those are the three. Those are the three characters. If you like the celebrity being in on it, not necessarily in on it. It's both ways. You yeah, can do it both ways. It'll switch sometimes halfway through, back yeah. and forth, <laughs> depending on their their the flights of their mood. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I watched a video on the internet. And this is something else we can post, and someone will post a link to this in the forum, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, a video of you and our friend Chris Fairbanks, the brilliantly funny Chris Fairbanks, visiting this thing called Lucha Vavoom. Here in Los Angeles, yeah, uh, Lucha Vavoom is a uh, is a is kind of a yeah, maybe bi yearly thing in L.A. Uh, happens downtown, um, and it is uh, Mexican wrestling plus uh, plus burlesque dancing. Uh, I think it kind of started out as something that the you know kind of mid thirties Pompadour Smiths crowd was into, and now it's eh, just kind of just kind of a thing that you know the mid 30s crowd goes to sure uh and it's totally this fun is, this is a this is a, a classic retro ironic sure uh it has all the qualities that a person uh, who's lived in los angeles since the age of 37 and and perhaps at some point it's one demographic younger than the people who have the atomic themed homes yeah yeah um but uh, yeah, okay. So I think we I think we've got the picture. These people might have a one of those, um, one of those wallet chains with the with the balls on it, like yeah, it might, like, sure. it, like you would use to connect a stopper to your sink. Exactly. Yeah, it's not exactly the the all the all fedora crowd, but it's it's a, it's approaching that. It's right. Yeah, okay. it's 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 definitely they're definitely orbiting that crowd. Yeah, is yeah. that is that in New York? Do they do, does that does that swallow tattoo red cherry dress thing exist? Is that I, I, Seems like they would have outclassed it over there. By I now. haven't seen as much of it. I think okay. I think Hollywood. I think the idea of Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> Los Angeles <laughs> is undoubtedly the epicenter sure. of that. Yeah. Uh, maybe San Diego. Yeah. Anyway. Oh sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. That's we're splitting hairs. Right. Um, anyway, but this is a very fun thing, and San certainly Diego the, because of the naval influence. Right. Exactly. Certainly, the Mexican wrestling is actually impressive, and you know, uh, you know, a saucy but lady doing a dance. We is, should be clear. It's fun to look. It's look not at. actually Mexican wrestling. I think they are actual Mexican wrestlers. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think or that would explain why in the video that I watched, it, they were surprisingly good at it. Yeah, are I Mexican don't, wrestlers I don't not good like at the wrestling? idea. I am. I'm a. Li- I'm pretty uncomfortable with the idea of uh, white people going to see Mexican wrestling uh, because they think that the masks are funny or whatever. Yeah, uh, which I think is a key building block of this phenomenon, sure. though it may have transcended it. I no, I think it may have started out as that. The thing I was, I was fine with it. I feel like we were actually watching something cool and fun. Okay. Uh, uh, but yes, sure. There's a little bit of to it. Okay. Uh, Ronas and Ritas. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so so the the bit we arranged with the Lucha Vavoom people uh, was that Chris Fairbanks and I would be the guest announcers, and the uh, guest announcer or the announcers in a Lucha Vavoom are usually like some people from the kind of early '90s 
uh, kind of Largo focused yes. uh, alt comedy. I think Dana Gould. Dana Gould. Blaine Capatch. Yeah, uh, Blaine Capatch was in this one. Yeah. Uh, so it was Tom Kenny. Yes, I saw him do it. Uh, anyways, um, so they're like, "Oh, well, you guys will take over for them for a match, and that'll be that'll be kind of what you'll make the piece about." Is you guys, you know, asking advice on how to be ring announcers and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, anyways, so so uh, Chris Fairbanks and I did this, and kind of what we were planning in the car on the way over was like, "Oh, we should suck at this." Like that wouldn't that be funny if we just like didn't know what to do and we're saying all this weird stuff? Like, well, that guy's going over to the one side of the ring, and whoa, he fell down for a reason, you know? Like, do that, sure. And then we got there, and there were so many people, and like such enthusiasm uh, that we we're like, Shh, "I don't want to mess this up," like. Yeah. Like, we just felt awful that we had even thought to just do a bad job on purpose. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we, we ran to this place to eat, and we just frantically jotted down jokes. Uh, you know, something maybe we should have been doing all day. Right. Like, was thinking about this. Anyway, so uh, we get there, and uh, we do the thing, and I think it started out reasonably well. But by the end of this thing, people were angrily booing us. Now, how did you get introduced? Did they say from Fuel TV, the uh, action sports network? Uh, yes, this may be a factor. Uh, uh, and I'm not putting any of the blame on Blaine Capatch, who was very nice throughout the whole thing and He's actually nice supportive guy. of us throughout the thing. But yes, they did say, here to try their hand at ring announcing from Fuel TV, uh, Jordan and Chris. And I so I think that may have like started the crowd off on like, you fucking Hollywood, you know uh, that may be, have been the toot in the room. Sure, you sure. first they fucking push Avatar on us, and then yeah. it's Fuel TV, exactly. Sure, trying to make Kristen Stewart a star, and then they bring their. <laughs> we want nothing to do with her," said this crowd. Uh, very good in Adventureland, wasn't she? She was quite good in Adventureland. Thank you very much. Whoa, uh, she was good in Adventureland. Did you see Adventureland? I did see Adventureland. I thought she was quite good in it. Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so we got booed and kind of insult to injury. Uh, we were we immediately went outside. We didn't want to watch the rest of the thing. We didn't want to be in the room. We didn't want to get beat up. Uh, uh, Zoe Deschanel walks out and gives us this like, you know, thanks a fucking lot, assholes, look. So, anyways. Oh, jeez. And, you know, from, 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 from those that, big, beautiful eyes. From those, from those, those pixie-ish baby blues. Uh, yeah, so that's... Some, some laser-like daggers of hipster condescension. <laughs> I can't even, yeah, her and she, and she immediately locked arms with Ben Gibbard, and they, I don't know. Is that who she's dating? That's somebody, uh, right? Uh, Connor Obert. Maybe Connor Obert. Maybe, uh... Maybe El Santo. Yeah, maybe, uh... Um... Danger Mouse. I hear they're getting, uh, getting married... Uh, on the uh, on on, t- on the top of a hand drawn flower. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second. Uh, Jordan, Jesse, go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's <clears throat> radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Uh, Ryan, you get to come up with a nickname. Uh, can I be, uh, the, the slammer? The slammer, that's great. <laughs> yeah, because you're a, a, Cause a you're pog, pog enthusiast. You're a collectible yeah. pog, a highly, particularly valued pog. <laughs> In the deck of pogs that is Jordan Jesse Go. Sure, you're the you slammer. You're the most valuable. You're a stainless steel slammer. One of the best slammers you can get. 
uh, yeah, pa- yeah. I'm um, I'm trying to think of what what my design would be if Twori Slammer hologram. Uh, yeah, you got it. Hollow foil body glove logo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like body glove made a popular pog at one point like oh we're gonna move away from wetsuits and towards pogs into the pog industry (laughs) they they took a look at those trend lines and they said how how far reach i mean i know we're all from we're all from california so maybe we don't know but how far reaching was Pogs? i think pog was well i mean it depends what you're talking about are we talking about the game or are we talking about pineapple orange guava juice (laughs) (laughs) no i mean that's clearly enjoyed internationally around the world around the world but yeah can do you have any evidence of pogs being a non-california thing ever I think it's a national. Ph- I think it was a national phenomenon. Born in Hawaii. Mm. I, all I remember uh, there was they did mention it on The Simpsons once, which made, leads me to believe that it was outside of California. Okay, just like Hulhauser. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ryan, you were doing. I mean, the, the, I, I should say maybe podcast listeners probably know uh, there's two kind of popular Hulhauser impressions kind of going around the podcastosphere. James Adomian is doing one uh, on Comedy Death Ray. Uh, Dana Gould is doing one on the Adam Carolla show. Mm. Uh, Ryan, you were a, you have a Huel Hauser. Huel Hauser, of course, is quiver, doing right? one on California's Gold. Sure, he's doing one. Uh, I don't think you know what. I don't know if I. I may have done a Huel. I never did a Huel Hauser on stage. Okay. Yeah. What am I thinking of? Is there someone? I'm probably thinking of Yan Can Cook. Else. You did Yan Can Cook. If Yan Can Cook, so can you. <laughs> Maybe we've just casually talked about Hulhauser. I think we probably, like everyone, you talk about Hulhauser and you do Hulhauser to each other. I've met Hulhauser. Oh, and uh, yeah, he's he's a very nice man. Yeah, right. Uh, did you, where'd you meet him? Uh, I met him. He came to a party I threw. Oh wow! We invited him. He came. Uh, it was the launch party for Put This On. We sent We're like I sent I sent out a tweet as a joke. Hey, uh, I'm inviting I'm inviting celebrities to the Put This On launch party. Does anyone have Hulhauser's email address? And someone emailed me. Uh, someone immediately messaged me with Hulhauser's email address. So I said, well, given that, I'd better invite Hulhauser to my party. And I did. And he came. And he was super, super nice. And he was just like he is on television. All in uh, linen, if I remember correctly. I think he was wearing, kind of, I think he was wearing a party shirt, like a camp shirt. Okay. Um, he, was, he was definitely wearing a linen pant. There's no doubt about that. Sure. He invited uh, my colleague, Adam Lissagor, uh, from you look, from our friends You Look Nice Today, and uh, the video guy I've put this on, uh, invited him to lunch, and they went to a secret lunch spot in the police department. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. God, it must be And great. Adam said it was so cool. He said it was great, and everybody knew who Huel was and gave him his, like, secret special, and it was fantastic. Say what you want about Huel, you know, you might think, hey, this guy's a, you know, whatever, a dork, a nerd, whatever. He knows all, geek, the, all the spots a in the A poindexter. A poindexter, a real, you know, real high-waisted, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, fancy man. He probably knows more about the about uh, California and the little pockets of great uh, places to go than anyone, anyone uh, around. He makes it his business. He does. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, Ryan, I don't know what direct you came from to get here yes. and I don't need to know uh-huh. so don't go off on one of your patented rants about mm. what direction I'm thinking of Dennis Leary <laughs> oh sorry um, uh, did you happen did either of you guys on your way here or here in the neighborhood uh, happen to encounter any literature uh, or promotional materials regarding a certain gray parrot named Lola 
We have not. I mean, I didn't. I can't speak for Ryan. I'm sorry. We didn't come together. No promotional materials. No. Okay. There is a parrot missing in my neighborhood. This is the biggest thing to hit my neighborhood, Silver Lake, since Beck moved in in 1997. <laughs> this, is, this is shaking the, this yeah. neighborhood to its very foundation. This is a Northridge earthquake of breaking pet news. Mm. The fact that this parrot is missing. Uh, Lola. Lola the gray parrot. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. I know Lola the parrot. Not personally. We're not close friends. <laughs> but I take my dog for a walk multiple times every day, at least twice, sometimes three times in a given day. Sure. And sometimes I walk down my street here in the beautiful hills of Silver Lake, California, and I walk past certain fancy houses, and there's one fancy house with huge picture windows in the entire front of the house, and they have two parrots, and they have a huge parrot cage in that picture window, so you can see the parrots there. Sometimes they're flying around the house if the people are home, so I am familiar with these two parrots. Now, a week or so ago, I am awakened, not really awakened, but I, I was out of bed but still in a stupor. It was 9.01 a.m. Mm-hmm. My telephone rings. I answer it. It's a robocall. Now, normally, I, we get some weird robocalls here. I just usually hang up on them. But I di- it, it had a number attached to it, um, and I just listened to it for some reason. And it was a woman's voice, and she said, Hello. Your neighbor at 2694 Silverwood Terrace has lost a pet. The pet is a gray parrot named Lola, four years of age, or 12 years of age. If you see the pet, please contact. They're offering a $2,000 reward. Now... I don't know if you guys have ever received a fucking robocall yeah. about a missing pet. Phone banking a missing pet is new to me. That's... That is new to me. Now, if it had stopped at phone banking, it would have been remarkable enough. But it did not stop at phone banking. It continued on to mobile billboards. Not only is every telephone pole within a mile of my house covered in pictures of this parrot... Which, frankly, looks like a parrot. They could have just written, missing Lola, parrot, looks like a parrot. Yeah. Um, Jesse, that's racist. I don't think people (laughs) can just... It's not like uh, the difference between a chihuahua and a Pekingese. Sure, sure. It looks like a bird, a colorful (laughs) bird. Um, Not only is every single... uh, Not only is every single telephone pole covered in posters for this missing parrot, there are... Mobile billboards parked at key intersections, multiple key intersections in my neighborhood for this parrot. Did I mention that this is a parrot, a type of bird? <laughs> yeah, the most hard to find pet there is. I always feel like it's futile when I see the lost bird. Uh, Birds signs. can fly. Oh, hey, you're preaching to the choir. They're on this out one, of buddy. here, buddy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. A couple of thoughts. Do you think that for future robo robocalls, a celebrity should do the voice? Absolutely. I mean, that's how that's how Danny you... Glover comes to mind yeah. immediately. Sure, that's how you get people to turn out for Jerry Brown for governor. Sure. You got to get a celebrity involved. You got to yeah. get maybe Jewel. How about Jewel? Yeah, <laughs> Jewel. She's great. Terrence yeah. Howard. Yeah, <laughs> Terry. I hear he's difficult to work with. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll give Terry. I don't know if we'll do parrots. Yeah. <laughs> 
He'll, just, he'll do he'll do a rock slash soul album. Yeah, but will he do parrots? Don't know. Uh, and do you think this is is this a viral marketing campaign? <laughs> no, because I am know this parrot. Okay, I know that this is a real parrot. Okay, since you know you, this is not a celebrity parrot. This is not. Uh, it could, well, the parrot itself, I presume. I've never watched not Burn a Notice. Is there a famous <laughs> parrot on Burn Notice? I think there is. I think there is. I think Bruce Campbell's character has a famous parrot. Mm. It's his, sort of his sidekick. Mm. He does the driving. This might be, <laughs> might be it then. <laughs> but so this is. There's not a tremendous amount of uh, money. Like for instance, if uh, you know. If tomorrow uh, Tony Romo went missing, uh, you know, there would be a lot of signs and billboards up saying, hey, let's get Tony because there's a lot of money involved. Wait, there. Tony Romo or Tony Roma? <laughs> Either one. <laughs> the football guy or the, the ribs guy? The rib impresario. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony, you know, uh, so I'm assuming that. Um, reward one onion ring loaf. <laughs> <laughs> that the parrot. Uh, Lola is not a fa- not an acting parrot, not from an acting dynasty or anything. Uh, and then, so my only other assumption is that the drugs in the parrot, drugs inside the parrot. Oh yeah, but <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, how do you do? I mean, you finance phone just... banking. What are we talking about? This must be valuable. It's probably drug. a super drug. It's probably some sort of long-lasting whippet. <laughs> do they? Do they think they just shove it up the parrot's butt? Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It seems like that would take a skilled hand, like a diamond cutter's hand. Who did you say? Was- <laughs> <laughs> to, shove, to shove a whippet up a parrot's butt. Well, a super whippet, certainly. Right. The call was from whom? It was from, <laughs> it was from a robot. <laughs> but it, was it like uh, the, the, the S, uh, SPCA or uh, uh, um, uh, just, or was it just they, a personal? They did not identify uh, themselves. They uh, provided okay. a contact telephone number. Uh. Uh, but they did not identify themselves. But I know this to be a real parrot. Now, is the, is the parrot's owner successful in show business? Mm-hmm. Unlikely. I don't live in an affluent neighborhood. I live in a what you might call an upper middle class neighborhood. So these are not these are not these are not multimillionaires. These are like ev- successful yeah. event planners. Yeah, these are people. Uh, largely, these large houses in my neighborhood yeah. are occupied by people who make one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, not one point two million dollars. Sure, in the Hollywood year. Hills, there's there's parrot calls every day. You can't keep the parrot calls from coming in. Yes. It's Zoe pres- Deschanel it's has lost thing. her people, python. People yeah. actually let their parrots loose so yeah. they can demonstrate to their neighbors <laughs> that they can get a robocall. A, exactly. Afford a phone bank for, to, to obtain this parrot. But what's, here's the question that I have about this whole situation. They've got two or more, I've only seen two, mobile billboards in action right now. They've got literally thousands of signs all over my neighborhood. This is a love they're, parrot. They're phone banking on behalf of this parrot. But the reward is $2,000? <laughs> yeah, it seems like they've in, already invested more than $2,000 on if the finding I of If I found it. this parrot, blackmail is where I would go. Yeah. I would ra- hold this parrot for ransom. I would blackmail the owners. I would find out a secret about the owners that only the parrot and the owners Hell, know. Yeah, the, yeah, I'm sure the so parrot, parrot can talk. I'm sure it's heard something incriminating. Like, hey, yeah, well, you know what they say: dead parrots tell no tales. Sure, <laughs> like the bay of the parrots going, "Time to go cheat on my wife," because that's what the husband says. <laughs> Before he walks out the door. Yeah, and he gives the parrot a treat each time, which is really his fatal mistake. Sure. Every time he says it, he gives the parrot a treat. 
So it encourages the parrot to remember that phrase. Yeah. To remember and reproduce mm-hmm. that, that was, phrase. That was a, a surprisingly a, a, a Frasier, a much revered show, <laughs> actually had a plot once about a parrot like Frasier buys a parrot or something. And then he's also dating a model at the same time. And then the, the model... So you can see how that would lead to trouble. <laughs> exactly. And then Frazier, He's also a little bit hoity-toity. <laughs> his hoity, dad, toity. Is, so dad is down to earth. <laughs> he says the phrase, someone says, oh, that model, she's real cute. And the parrot says, uh, uh, your girlfriend's real cute. And the parrot goes, cute but stupid. And then the, and then the model gets really offended. Oh, it, it, but yeah, but yeah. it turns out that maybe Fraser was talking about something else. Exactly. Or did he actually say cute but stupid? No, it was he was referring to something else. Oh. Like something he was talking. Oh, he was talking about the parrot. Yeah, Fraser Pro- probably. Yeah, Fraser can't catch a break. You yeah. can build a close remote uh, sort of family emotional relationship with the parrot because they live like forty years. God, that's maybe that's the pet for me because uh, I have a dog that is going to probably die and probably will die four years. Four yeah. years. <laughs> that's going to be awful. <laughs> so you'll want and you'll want to kick it up by a factor of ten. Exactly. Yeah. That's the that's the standard rule of thumb. Yeah. Take the time between now and when you expect your pet, pet to die, and then when your pet dies, purchase a pet. With a life expectancy of that number times ten. I need to it's get why a... tortoises are such a popular pet. You're suggesting I get a preemptive pet. To buffer the death of a pet. So you don't have a pet-free uh, no. time span. No I'm pet su- gap. I'm not <laughs> no, su- no pet gap. Ryan Perez, I am not suggesting a preemptive pet. I'm <laughs> suggesting that the best time to make a decision about purchasing a new pet is probably not when you're grief-stricken about the death of your old pet. Just so don't, don't shop hungry. That's what what you should yeah, exactly. It's like going to the grocery store in an empty stomach. So you need to you're execute. You need pythons. to put together what BP didn't have for a deep well oil <laughs> spill. You need to put together a pet death, pet purchasing emergency plan. <laughs> and the cornerstone of that should be the number between now and when you expect the pet to die times 10 should be the life expectancy of the pet. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, the only problem is by the time you get to your fourth pet of your life, uh, your pet is a redwood tree, which is kind of boring. <laughs> unless you can drive through it, yeah, then it's uh, awful. <laughs> um, I don't know about this. I don't know about this parrot situation, but I, I will throw this out there. Okay, I know we have listeners all over the world. If you happen to see a gray parrot that responds to Lola, grab it, grab it with your hands or. If you happen to have a butterfly net handy, sure. Apply a rubber glove, reach into its anus, and pull out the super whippet. <laughs> Get high for mega long. <laughs> for 15 minutes. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And Ryan, the slammer Perez. Oh, it's yeah. a pleasure to have you, Slam. <laughs> uh, Slamski. Coming at you in 3D. <laughs> yeah, wow. Just like um, Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. Jordan, were we recently talking about the film MacGruber? Was that on the was that on the podcast that we talked about MacGruber? No, but uh, MacGruber is a part of what I want to bring up. Okay, well, MacGruber is a movie that was, I think, was a failure. Is that correct? Yeah, I think MacGruber was a a financial disappointment. Um, but it was a movie that both of us liked a lot. Yeah, yeah, MacGruber. I thought was. 
hilarious, and it seemed that MacGruber uh, signified a kind of a period in my life that I'm in now where I'm rather enjoying... Where you're traveling the world, diffusing bombs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In a hilarious wig. Uh, But yes. Battling against Val Kilmer. (laughs) Yeah, but absolutely. MacGruber is so funny throughout. I mean, more so than, you know, than... So many comedies that you could you could go see, uh, consistently funny and, and you know, great and creative. And um, I feel like it was part of a little stretch I'm in right now, where I'm really enjoying some movies that are getting very poorly received, both critically and commercially. Really? Yeah. And multiple uh, movies. This it's a little bit of a little. Now bit we of a... should br- let the audience in for those who are new listeners that you do have poor taste in movies. <laughs> sure, I do tend to enjoy. A, you know... Everyone in town knows it. Jordan, yeah, it's Jordan's true. taste it's true. sucks. They, they look at me and shake their heads in the diner. Your primary... In, but to be fair, your primary sure. interest is in Macruber. films is, uh, is a self-aware movie where many, many, many things happen. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a genre that I like. And I think that this... That you can... I'd say it's the genre you like. Sure. Uh, absolutely. Um... And definitely all the, the movies I was planning on mentioning are of that genre, but... Uh, By the way, I'd like to apologize for perpetrating that jewel heist and disrupting the show with the sound of the okay. siren in the background. That's fine. They'll never take you alive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I thought this would be maybe a fun time. We could all share some movies that uh, have been poorly received, but we don't understand why. So, in other words, if I'm getting... Correct me if I'm getting this wrong... Mm. But is it would a good alternate title for this segment be Jesse for some reason once again talks ad nauseum about how much he loves Pootie Tang and Babe Pig in the City? Uh, I would encourage you. That was a great movie. I would encourage you to think of other ones. Okay. If you can, uh, you know, if you want, I can go first. Maybe okay. Ryan can go second to give you some thinking time. I'm gonna have. But I'm, I'm gonna need like... some thinking time because I've come up so far. I've come up with two. Okay. And those two. Pootie Tang. Okay. And Babe Pig in the City. Yes. Mm. The, and the, those were both poorly received? Very poorly received. Although, um, I think Babe Pig in the City had a very divided critical reaction. Yes. Uh, there were critics who thought it was... Uh, I mean, I think Gene Siskel picked it as the movie of the year that year. Hmm. Yeah. But it's almost sunk universal at the time of its... It was such a box office disaster. Yeah. In that regard. Babe did? Yeah, Babe too. Was it that expensive? Why did... Why was it, it that, that damning to the studio? Well, I think it they, was. they entrusted a lot of money and uh, some big box office stars in uh, the form of Babe the Pig. Yeah. Um... <laughs> To the director of Mad Max and Mad Max Beyond the, Ter- <laughs> yeah. Beyond the Thunderdome. Uh, but a great, unique, I agree, a great uh, 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 movie. Jordan, what have you seen lately that was a uh, uh, gr- uh, film that you loved that was very poorly received? Uh, uh, my first one is uh, <clears throat> Repo Men that came out recently. This was uh, a movie where Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker play future repo men uh, and their job is to repossess the artificial organs that people have not paid for uh so this is a future where you know healthcare has run amok privatized healthcare has run amok and uh jude law and forrest whitaker have to you know through surgery uh kind of kind of recollect these artificial organs that people are buying without having the money for. Do you think when they cast Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker to star in this film, 
They were looking specifically for the absolute most famous, successful, and accomplished people uh, that they could cast in a film that no one wants to go see a movie starring them. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 an odd odd choice. The people uh, with, and certainly I will give you that Jude Law is miscast. The most this. the uh. most prestige, charisma, uh, skill, yeah, uh, fame. Yeah. Uh, that you could absolutely have in someone who brings nothing to the table box office wise. Sure. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, and definitely the character that Jude These Law... are both brilliant actors. Don't oh, yeah. get me wrong. I think they're both wonderful. Amazing actors that people... Uh, Compelling on no screen. One wants to, uh, no one will rush out to see. No. Yeah. No one wants to go see the new Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Um, was it, wasn't he in some sort of kind of goof, goofy ethnic comedy recently kind of marketed toward toward the ethnic demo? Wasn't he like... He was trying Goofy to get his Tyler, Tyler Perry on? I, it, was, it was not a Tyler Perry movie, but it was a Tyler Perry-esque movie. Oh, something about marriage. Uh, sure. Uh, the wacky fart marriage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fart marriage. Fart, it's just called <laughs> fart marriage in the territory. Here's I the thing. The, the, the uh, successful young woman is looking for a good man. But she has to. She is having a hard time balancing work and career. And also, Forrest Whitaker, who plays her father, is always farting. Sure, <laughs> he's always stinking up the joint. Yep, with his problem flatulence. Okay, uh, but Repo but Man. Repo Man is. Uh, uh, I say, uh, and yeah, Jude Law's miscast. I mean, the character is meant to be uh, a kind of a down on his luck, uh, every man, kind of a kind of a middle class guy who's you know kind of a kind of the middle class guy who's gotten in. Over his head financially, it's kind of a, he's kind of a, a sad dad type. Um, he's be- he's too beautiful. A- absolutely, he is yeah. so gorgeous. You're like, well, why don't if you're you get fired from your job, why don't you just be an underwear model because you're yeah. so beautiful or a high class male escort? Yeah. Um, but you know that movie star or just a is guy just... in a bowler who people give twenty dollars because sure, he looks great in a bowler. Sure. Exactly. Um, but he's his movie starness is so apparent in this and just so fun to watch. You 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 kind of will will forgive the fact that he's not right for the role just because he's got this you know just like George Clooney. You know, like I feel like George Clooney is wrong for a lot of the parts he takes, but you're just like, well, f- fucking fun to watch Clooney. Is he really wrong for some of the parts he takes? Maybe. I mean, I think he. He gets in over. I mean, I think that maybe that was a problem with like a burn after reading, which I liked a lot too. I'm like, man, this isn't really for Clooney, but this is fun to watch. Yeah, I didn't really like burn after reading. I have to say, although man, there was that one part in uh, burn after reading where John Malkovich is doing the exercise video, yeah. and that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Sure. You can look that up on your YouTube. That's great. There's at least like three really good scenes in that movie. That, yeah. I think that that ending scene too. I mean, if that, I mean. Wasn't Brad Pitt in that or something? Yeah, yeah. Brad, I don't like Brad sure. Pitt. Sure, Brad Pitt also a, a, a degree of miscasting. I don't dislike him personally, but I don't like the things that people give Brad Pitt credit for in terms of stretching his skills. I feel like he's consistently each time he has stretched his skills, it has been beyond the breaking point. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and he should stop. We should stop giving him credit for that and start encouraging him. To, to just do stuff where the fact that he's very handsome and charismatic and a good, and a good actor yeah. uh, are what's important and not him doing a voice. Yeah, I would rather see a... I don't care to see a versatile actor who's going to sort of not get there. Like, yeah. You know, just give me, the, give me the good actor. Give me the actor that fits the part. You don't, I don't... see Malkovich doing a voice in that movie. You put Malkovich in there, what's he going to do? Malkovich around. <laughs> yeah. He's going to knock it out of the ballpark. 
Yeah. Um, oh, Repo Man, you know, tone very similar to RoboCop, kind of that funny, satirical sci-fi movie that I feel like you don't see too much anymore, and uh, uh, very... Not like in the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, and I like very gory for an action movie, which I feel like action movies are usually PG-13 these days and kind of castrated. Uh, this is just supremely gory and fun to watch. Uh, yeah, usually I feel like the gore is saved for the saws of the world. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, for just an action movie, you don't get, you don't get that kind of... Uh, intense gore and this has it and it's great and uh yeah and it's got a shitty twist at the end but it's certainly worth watching anyway do you got anything ryan i i, I can offer something if you're not ready uh, no i think i got okay. one i got I, I second mcgruber uh that was a, a very uh funny movie that for some reason did not uh i think people just were had already made a judgment about it out of the gate i, I think the the poor box office performance had nothing to do with the film itself because i think if People actually saw the movie; they yeah. would. I think it was very. I think fun. it'll yeah. probably be a you know a dorm room DVD hit. It'll certainly. be yeah. It'll be a. It'll have a long life in the aftermarket. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, as, a, as an accessory for Honda Civics, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna come. Yeah, it's gonna come. It's gonna come standard with every Ford Focus. Yeah, uh, I saw a movie I, that I really liked the other day called Gentleman uh, Broncos. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I have some th- thoughts is. about Gentleman Broncos, too. Go ahead, though. Yeah, I, I actually, um, people, I think when it came out, they said it was not funny. They said it was twee. This they is from the uh, Napoleon Dynamite guy. Yeah, Jared Hess. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I really liked Napoleon Dynamite, strangely, when it came out. And I actually liked. Um, I did, too. I definitely the, yeah. It was one of those things where the, the, uh, the preceding t shirts and shitty people quoting it to you kind of hurt your feeling about it in hindsight but yeah like sitting there watching the movie I, it's it's totally funny yeah the phenomenon that developed around it i didn't i didn't care for but it, much in the same way i didn't like when i saw pulp fiction i thought it was great until everyone sure. else had seen Started it and then saying. i hated it but um well gentlemen broncos i think is really is really good i mean not a perfect movie but there's more very solid and strange laughs in it than uh, than a lot of movies jemaine clement is terrific in it. Uh, plays a very. Um, Did you watch the film Nacho Libre? Jordan, weren't you a big defender of Nacho yeah, Libre? Yeah, I like I Nacho Libre. <laughs> Nacho <laughs> Libre is really funny. Yeah, it is. There's some great parts. Something I w- that surprised me about Nacho Libre when I watched it was how boring it is. <laughs> yeah. Not uh, a ton happens in it. Yeah, it, and I and I, you know what? I think I, overall, I think I actually liked it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying this exclusively just to put it down and dismiss it. But I was impressed that as an actual major motion picture starring a movie star that had clearly, you know, had some money put into it, it was astonishingly dull. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe like, kind of a movie aimed at kids that was so dull, you know? Yeah. Like, usually those kind of kid-friendly comedies. It was sort of like, what if a children's film had been directed by some kind of, like, a combination of Wes Anderson and possibly Jim Jarmusch? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, the, the aesthetic sense of Wes Anderson and the pacing of a Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, and kind of the lighting of a just a low-budget Mexican movie, you know? Yeah. Like, like, made in part to look like a low-budget Mexican movie. Uh, but some really... It was on cable the other day. I watched a little bit of it, and it was hilarious. There's a lot of yeah. madness in that gentleman, Broncos. Is that correct? Yes, uh, and it's it's also if you're into sci-fi, sci-fi books, sci-fi movies, you'll you you might like some of the jokes in it. And uh, I don't know. I just I can I found probably eighty percent of the movie I connected with immediately and really enjoyed. Uh, yeah. And and it's it's it is a little. 
it is a little uh, fussy. It is a little knick-knacky or whatever. But, you know, uh, once you get over that, I, I, I'm at a point now where as a film viewer, I'm, I, looked, I try to enjoy everything I see. And I'm able to look past, you know, some maybe overzealous art direction, uh, you know, uh, so that it, because there's a good story there or something, you know, or, or funny uh, lines. Yeah, it definitely has that thing about like, oh, this adheres so closely to this you know, cutesy poo filmmaking style, but yeah, but do, yeah, if you get over all the, you know, funny nightgowns that the mom is wearing, yeah, uh, there's tons of funny stuff in it. Anyway. I was having a conversation with a gentleman named Todd Levin, who some, uh, who I think some of our listeners may know as a, uh, he's been a repeated guest on Never Not Funny. Um, and I, he and I were talking about Sylvester still, well, to be fair, we were talking about Frank Stallone, <laughs> um, which is one of my favorite topics. I know it's one of yours, Jordan, oh, sure. because you've had some great personal interactions yeah, with Frank. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he's, Frankie boy, he's he, the best. He's and, and certainly, you know, I'll say right off the top before we get into the Sylvester Stallone stuff, if you haven't listened to Frank Stallone's appearances on the Adam Carolla program, uh, particularly he did one sort of hour. It's the best hour and a half of podcasting you could ever enjoy. Really? Frank Stallone's a fucking delight. Yeah. And you can hear Corolla marveling at what a delight he is throughout the entire 90 minutes. Uh, he even he's, he's more of a gabber than Corolla is, which is remarkable, but just a joyful, delightful man. So I'm talking to Todd about this. And uh, it comes up that I think you, the time that you ran into him mm-hmm. was at the red carpet for, um, I, I think, Rocky Balboa. Yeah, this was the Rocky... Reboot sequel, not a reboot. It was, a it was not a Rocky reboot. Uh, yes. Anyways, in, in that happened. Balboa. It was a tonal. Yeah, right? It was a tonal reboot, mm. uh, but a, a, a timeline wise, it was a sequel. Um, I really liked Rocky Balboa. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good movie. I thought it was great to see. I really liked the tone of the film. I loved the idea of seeing. Uh, uh, I think the tone of the film was very true to the tone of the first Rocky movie, which is something that is really thrilling to see in a Hollywood film, a movie that's about, you know, even though it is, even though it does have a very simple structure that is very much about a direct physical conflict, um, it's so character and ambiance driven. And I thought Rocky Balboa had that same quality about it. Um, and I really liked it. So there's that. Uh, yeah, I never saw it, I, and I never when I swear when uh, these movies were coming out, Rocky and the new Rambo movie. I saw the trailers and I said I will be first in line to see both those movies. And then I think maybe part because of the uh, critical drubbing, uh, I kind of stayed away from both. But I, I think this is probably a mistake. I yeah, I w- went to see it with my uh, my beloved wife Teresa, and uh, Teresa also liked it. Uh, Teresa is uh, there's another point of uh, point of data on your graph. <laughs> sure. I feel like Rocky Balboa made money, though. I feel like it was a commercial success. Was it? I don't know if I. It's, that's been a while. I, there's no reason I'm, for me to know that. I'm judging. But. I'm judging this by. I picked something that I liked that I figure people will make fun of me on the message board for liking. Okay, that's a great litmus test for this. That for was this the best game. I could come up with. Was Rocky Balboa, but I think that's pretty good. Rocky Balboa, yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good. I, you know, another movie I liked in that in that regard. Um, 
not that it was completely hated, and it was actually a box office success, but I think people make fun of me a little bit for it, is Taken. I don't know if you saw the movie Taken. With oh, Liam yeah, Mason. I watched that in a hotel room recently. It was I, on HBO. I loved it probably more than any thriller I've seen in five years. I thought it was terrific. And uh, I, uh, You know what I loved, speaking of Liam Neeson? I loved watching Liam Neeson recently uh, promoting the A-Team movie on Regis and Kelly. <laughs> How'd that go? Uh, it was amazing. Because, number one, you could not have more... You could not be more compelling than Liam Neeson is. He's so huge, for one thing, so handsome in such a striking way. Not in a pretty way, but in just a commanding way. Sure. He has that spectacular voice. You know, it's, a, it's an incredibly rich voice before you, even get to the, uh, uh, before you even get to the accent. And it could not be more at odds with Regis and Kelly. <laughs> like, every quality, like, clearly he had not gotten up before 11 a.m. in months. Um, clearly he uh, hated the A-Team movie. Um, he was completely perplexed as to why he was there, what was going on around him, uh, and just bursting out with this sort of mild... Like, just mild... He was trying to be nice, but it just ended up being mildly disgruntled behavior because that was all he could muster given that he was talking to Kelly Ripa and Regis Philbin. (laughs) Yeah. And he was Liam Neeson. But but I feel like his whole career has taken a turn for... Wasn't he in Clash of the Titans? Yeah, too? Neeson's been in uh, Neeson's been in some real shit piles lately. <laughs> He's cashing in. Yeah, uh, but what did, what was it about Taken that you liked so much? Uh, Just the, the super realistic punching. It was all the realistic punching. It was the realism of the movie as a whole. I just thought, I just thought the, um, you know what I liked about it? It was a dad. It was a uh, it was a movie marketed. To divorced dads, like it was a movie for it was a fantasy movie for divorced dads, and uh, I thought that was just. A I movie. will make a difference in my daughter's life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, even I have to punch eighty guys, and uh, much in the in the manner of like a Death Wish movie or something. I don't whatever it is that speaks to, the, to whatever it is that speaks to divorced dads speaks to me because I was the cruel uh, irony is that the <laughs> the very punching that broke up my marriage is what will save my daughter. <laughs> Uh, the fact that I'm a, I'm a, I don't feel emotion very much will now uh, will now aid me in rescuing my, my daughter. greatest strength. Yeah, th- that's definitely kind of a theme in Repo Man is that Jude Law is this kind of like you know uh, uh, metaphorically castrated guy, and yeah. uh, he kind of rises you know he rises above that to be a to be a hero. Anyway, yeah. well, so yeah, I want to throw it out to our audience. Uh, action item: What? Poorly regarded films uh, did you love and why? Remember to keep it pithy. Sure. We're not going to play some fucking treatise. You got to be pithy. You got to keep it tight, punchy, make some impact. Get in, get out. Bros icing bros. Sure. 206-9844-FUN. Uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. And Ryan the Slammer Perez. Uh, we have a sponsor this week, Jordan. Uh, mm. Here on Jordan, Jesse Go, uh, here's the deal. If you send us 150 bucks, we will deliver your commercial message for your business or uh, uh, business-like enterprise. For 100 bucks, we'll deliver your personal message, uh, Jumbotron at the ballpark style. Mm. And that is what this week's sponsor is. It is on behalf of... 
of Jordan Jesse Go fan Andrew Foster. Um, and he is, uh, he has sponsored this week's Jordan Jesse Go that we might congratulate Emily Davis and Matt Hensley on their wedding day, uh, which is Saturday the 17th in Portland, Oregon. Oh, come Isn't on. That beautiful? You kids making it work. This is the perfect show for us to congratulate these folks on, too, sure. don't you think? Yeah. And yeah. maybe, uh, maybe if you're looking for a wedding gift, get them a copy of Repo Man on Blu-ray. <laughs> Bring the theater experience home. Um, we are so happy to congratulate Emily Davis and Matt Hensley. Uh, we wish you all the best, Matt and Emily. We think the world of you. Uh, you're going you're gonna to be a very beautiful couple, have many beautiful children. Hope it doesn't rain on that wedding day up there in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ryan the Slammer Perez. Great. Are you trying out different voices still, Ryan? I'm still trying it. Trying just seeing what's funny. Ryan. <laughs> that. That's your answer. That's yeah. funny. I think we just found out that that is what is. That's the very definition of humor. Was that the funniest one? Somebody call Tad Friend and have him write it up for the New Yorker. <laughs> that's what comedy is. <laughs> Um, from time to time, we ask our listeners to call in when something momentous happens to them for a segment we call Momentous Occasions. Let's go to the tape. Hi, this is Shannon from Omaha calling in a momentous occasion from the bus stop. Um, I get hit on a lot when I'm waiting for the bus because those kind of guys like me. And I was um, trying this... Uh, maybe guys without cars. Sure. Maybe 17, 16-year-old kid was trying to pick me up today. And he was on the way to the pool with his, like, seven- or eight-year-old brother. And he was just making conversation with me about various things. You know, where do you work? Oh, I'm banned from there. I wasn't stealing, though. Stuff like that. (laughs) And uh, the little brother rolled his eyes and walked away. And then the older brother said, Eli, where are you going? And the younger brother goes, I can't see you get shot down again. It's too hard. And um, I laughed a lot, and then I did shoot him down. So I felt kind of bad about that. But it was awesome, and it totally made my day. And thanks. Bye. Oh, that is momentous. That is momentous. Yeah. I like I like that idea. That idea comes through that like when you're 16, the most impressive thing you can say to a girl is like places you've gotten kicked out of. Like yeah. that's that's their that's their badge of honor. Um, well, let's take we we also asked people to call in last week with their. Uh, with their worst song lyrics in a song that they actually like. And apparently this one, uh, I did not screen these calls. Christian, the new intern, did. He says this one is both a momentous occasion and a response mm. to that action item. Hey, Jordan, Jesse Go. This is Patrick Foy from Nebraska. I had a momentous occasion I wanted to call in about. Uh, I was sharing a hotel room with my brother this weekend. We were traveling for the fourth. And uh, apparently I talked in my sleep. And one of the things I said was, that's not good. Titties. So apparently I was dreaming about, I don't know, some disastrous titties or possibly like a disaster event that happened near titties. It's impossible to know. Uh, and as long as we're on the uh, titty tip, so to speak, uh, I also wanted to have a nomination for uh, Worst uh, Song Lyric, which is by Tim Fight. It's in the song Change Clothes, and it is, You've got mustard on your titties. Wipe that mustard off your titties. 
And that's a really bad lyric all on its own, but you also need to bear in mind that that's apropos of nothing else in the song. He doesn't mention titties or mustard anywhere else in the song except for in that part. It's not a song about mustard, in other words. <laughs> it's not an ode to sure. mustard, that most delicious of ground seeds. I'm a little uncomfortable by the word titties. Well, I think we just found that out. Yeah. Did you know already that you were uncomfortable around the word titties? Yeah, Should I have I, avoided that? No, I mean, I'm learning things about myself, but yeah, if something, something about it rubbed me the wrong way. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Said with conviction, I think it works, but this, yeah, I didn't feel Yeah, like the it. guy's wavering voice. Titties, yeah. Oh, okay. So we, we also were asking people about their worst board game experiences. Uh, as predicted, there are tons of board game nerds in our audience. They're board game nerding out each other. All over our fucking message board right now. There's a 12 trillion They're page having thing fun. About their fucking board games. Um, but we, had, we were discussing the fact that I can't play board games because I get too upset. And um, uh, we asked people for their worst, if they had strategies to help me or for their worst experiences. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, possible guests. Uh, this is uh, Seth. I had a, uh, an entry for the... Uh, for people who are horrible to play uh, board games with, people who are way too competitive playing board games. I was a, uh, a medic in the Army, and uh, we were in Iraq for the invasion, and uh, somebody had a Scrabble board, which was just a, a reproduction of the board on paper, on like butcher paper, that we had laminated. And so you could roll it up and stick it in a backpack, and then we just also had the tiles that went with it. And uh, we, have, we were playing with this one. We'd, taken, we'd been in a firefight earlier that day, but uh, we had some downtime, and we were in an old, you know, burned-up, bombed-out building, and uh, we were eating, and we decided to fit in a game of Scrabble really quick. And uh, we were playing with this one guy who had a notoriously hair-trigger, just a, a fiery temper, just a, a real just crazy kind of guy. And uh, we were playing with him, and uh, there was a word played that he wanted to challenge. Oh, I should mention also, we didn't have a dictionary at the time to play with. And uh, so he wanted to challenge the word, but we all thought that the word should stand. Well, it escalated really quickly into yelling and then screaming at each other at, across the board. And then he <laughs> picked up his rifle, chambered around, and, had, and was pointing it at uh, the, the guy who played the word, who instantly responded by drawing his weapon in retaliation. <laughs> and uh, so we, we had to talk those two down so we didn't have a shooting incident over, over Scrabble. So that's where I learned that board, board games and firearms do not mix. Uh, sorry, I had to be kind of vague. Uh, some of the people involved actually listened to the program, but I uh, just wanted to share my story. Uh, love your guys' show. Keep it up. Thanks. Bye. Wow. I apologize Whoa. for those booping sounds. That's uh, Jordan's iPhone booping on my computer because we had to plug it in for a little extra <laughs> juice. Sure. I don't think you can really top that board game nightmare. Uh, no, that's gunplay. My God, that is an amazing story. You know who the other people in this story were? I don't mean to blow their cover. No. Ice Cube, Mark Wahlberg, and George Clooney. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'd love to see that movie. Yeah. Um, okay, great. If you, uh, if uh, I think we'll continue to take, we're going to shut down board games, but I think we'll keep it on uh, worst song lyrics in a song that you like. Two zero six nine eight four four fun, and of course, we're always happy to accept your personal questions or your moments of shame, in addition to your momentous occasions. Uh, all at two zero six nine eight four four fun. Oh, and uh, secret sex party guy, call back. 
Uh, he emailed us. <laughs> okay, we'll be back in just a second. Now, Jordan, Jesse, go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Moore's boy detective. Ryan the Schlammer Perez. Best one yet. Yeah, yeah. Voice. that's good. Because uh, if you think, when I think pogs, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think older gentlemen. Sure. Older Midwestern gentlemen, maybe. Like a know. Jimmy Stewart from. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how you settle your differences, but we slam our pogs. <laughs> That's well. That's I think in the old days, in olden times, uh, you know, World War Two and such. These, what do you think they were playing? They brought up big coins. Why? Why do you think old men are so interested in coins? (laughs) (laughs) Old men are very interested in coins. Well known fact. Well known fact. Those were the pogs of their day. Some people think it's because of their shine or something like that, but it's because they're the pogs of their day. Yeah. Um, Ryan, it's been a delight to have you on the program. It's been a delight to be here. I, 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 you know, long time listener. (laughs) First time guest Yeah, first time guest, long time listener You guys are doing, uh, doing uh, God's work That's Thank very you. nice of you That's to say Ryan. Um, Yeah, really fun Say hi to our friends on Saturday Night Live um, Lord Michaels, of course <laughs> Michaels, Gilly, McGruber sure. uh, The whole gang The Dick in a Box guys, the whole gang <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking, I mean, I don't know if you John Lovitz. You could say hi to John Lovitz. <laughs> yes. uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> Everyone, uh, when you're on Saturday Night Live, you just have to live in the building, exactly. right? For the rest of your life. People that haven't been there in years. Damon Wayans, Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. Anyway, <laughs> a long and illustrious television history. It was great to have you on the show, Ryan Perez. Do you have any special internet things that we should make sure people visit besides your Saturday Night Lives and your FunnyOrDie.coms? Uh, just uh, really go to uh, go to FunnyOrDie.com, and uh, if you're interested in uh, in uh, laughs, uh, you can maybe type in Ryan Perez. Yeah, yeah, type it right. Yeah, if you want to see things I've made, you can type in right here's how about this? Yeah, type, go to FunnyOrDie.com. Type in Ryan Perez. Whatever your favorite thing is that you find, post it on the forum in the thread for this week's episode. Are we going to forum? Yeah. Well, I mean, this uh, episode's oh, 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 going to okay, get it. Okay, all right, all right, great, thread, great. So. Also, post what voice you thought was the funniest. Like, <laughs> yeah. was it that first one? Was it the second Describe, one? Describe, give a little name to the voice. Was it the old man? Because this is a one-man show is going to be built around whatever you, whatever you guys. <laughs> our action <laughs> items. I love those. Our action <laughs> items continue to be, uh, uh, what's the worst lyric in a song that you actually like and, uh, what film poorly received did you love? And that's something you can discuss, of course, on the forum as well. But we'd like your pithy telephone calls on that subject at 206-984-4FUN. You can email me if you... You know what? what? You don't have to email me anymore because the Sound of Young America, Jordan Jesse Go, just hired a new development director. Okay. You can, hire, you can email Teresa Thorne, our new development director, at Teresa at MaximumFun.org if you would like to sponsor an episode of Jordan Jesse Go. Um, it's a hundred bucks for a personal message, a hundred and fifty bucks for a commercial message, or of course, if you want to have a long-term relationship with us, we can figure something out. Sure. Um, and uh, if you want Jordan Jesse Go stuff, visit maxfunstore.com. Or if you're a donor, check your mailbox because T-shirts are arriving all over the country right now. I've been getting these emails, people showing us how cool their T-shirts are. I'm really happy about it. 
Yes, oh, as am I. It's wonderful. There's great stuff you can get in this store, uh, all kinds of cool stuff. We got the uh, rocket ship hoodie and the whole nine yards. If you haven't been to maxfunstore.com lately, take a look around. I think you might find something you like. They're all printed on ultra premium uh, <laughs> alternative apparel tees. Sure. Ooh. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you next week on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs>